Welcome aboard. This is your captain, Johnny. And first mate, Jess. Thank you for joining us on our chaotic journey through fan fiction. This podcast will contain adult situations and themes. I would strongly suggest using caution when listening in public. But what do I know? We do not own these stories or characters. They're just along for the ride upon the ships of chaos. Hey, Chaotics. Welcome to Ships of Chaos. This is Jess. And this is Johnny. (sighs) We're in a new season. (laughs) Yay, season two. We call these seasons. We're in a new book. New book, new season. Jess is reading this one. Yeah. Um, Not a new ship. We've read a quickie of um, Germione before, but that was yeah. just quick. This one's, um, we're going to be looking at uh, five chapters this time. So not quite radio tower length, but it'll give you a little bit more, um, a little bit more than a quickie, I guess. Yeah, we're going to do this one and then a one shot and then another quickie, another, another like real short fit. Fan like a mid length. <laughs> Yeah, let's call them like mid-length, okay. Yeah, we got quickies, mid-length, and epics. <laughs> yeah, so it's this this mid-length, then, another, then a quickie, and then another mid-length, and then another epic. Yeah. So. And we're going to try to get a bunch of different ships in there where we're not just going to focus on um, Harry Potter or Teen Wolf. I think we have some others on the queue. Yeah, um, our next mid-length is actually Twilight. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun. Well, Johnny, I um, failed to ask. How was your week? Uh, I got the second uh, Moderna shot, so I was sick for two days. Oh, God, so rough. What were some of your symptoms? Mostly... I had a headache and uh, it just hurt to move for two days. Just like body aches? Yeah, just body aches. That, that's a bummer. So, but uh, how was your week, Jess? Um, it was okay. Uh, I had a just kind of a rough week dealing with like mental health stuff. Um, I've talked to you about it, but I'll talk about it openly because I think people need to. But I've been dealing with a lot of infertility and miscarriages and just everybody around me is having babies a lot of my I had three friends have a baby last week and it Mm -hmm. I'm so happy for them but also like kind of heartbroken so it's just a rough week but I'm okay um Ian Bowen actually posted a thing about mental health a few days ago that I absolutely just fell in love with about how we need to get over the stigma of not talking about not mental health. About it. Yeah. Because not, it's not just you that suffers. Everybody around you suffers. And if we don't talk about it, it just gets worse. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Do you want to get onto the story now? Yeah, onto a happier topic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So as we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, um, we're going to be doing a Dramini pansy 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 so harry and um pansy um and the story is called away and the author is in dreams and as always we'll link it in our 
episode description, we'll share, we'll share a link on the Ships of Chaos Facebook page. Um, so the summary of the story is desperate for a change of pace, Hermione unknowingly commits to a home exchange with Pansy Parkinson and finds herself swept up in the chaos of New York City and into the arms of Draco Malfoy. Dramini slash Hansy, loosely inspired by the movie The Holiday. Um, and it, I think I asked you before, have you seen The Holiday with Kate Winslet, uh, Cameron Diaz? I don't think I have. Came out in 2006. The, the, when I think of The Holiday, I think of a movie with Queen Latifah, mm-hmm. where she's... Um, where she finds out she has like a brain disorder where she's dying so she yeah. decides to spend all of her money and goes on this last holiday mm-hmm. and then she so. doesn't have a brain spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> both are very good movies oh yeah. they have uh they have lucky blue smith as Dra- uh draco in the picture yeah yeah um so this movie it's kind of like a christmasy it's set sort of in the winter both women have guy problems and then decide that they're going to go on like a vacation and they do like a house swap. So one goes to another, I mean, they both go to different countries. One goes to like England, I think the other one to America and Jack Black is in it. Um, yeah, I've definitely Law. read, I've definitely read stories like yeah. this. So I'm looking forward to it now. Yeah. I, I just, this one was good and lighthearted. Uh-huh. Um, so hopefully everybody enjoys it. And um, breaking news: Jess is not good at <laughs> um, doing uh, voices, so you're gonna get this monotone voice <laughs> the entire I, I think, time. I think we've we learned that in the Halloween. Special. Yeah, I just I tried. I was practicing it with like my husband, and he's like, "Your your voice isn't even changing." I'm like, "I'm trying." <laughs> like it didn't change at all no no nope okay all right well <laughs> it is what it is um all right i'm all ready right. all right chapter one you think we should what hermione's voice caught in her throat her heart plummeting into her stomach as she whirled on the spot her eyes flickered to her boyfriend surely she had misheard Cormac's crooked grin was reassuring as he ducked his chin to meet her gaze. Hermione dragged her bottom lip between her teeth, worrying the, fresh, the flesh as she held his stare. At last, he sighed, smile faltering just slightly. We should break up. Danced around the back of her mind, elusive and confusing, a knit formed be- between her brows. But why? You know why. He had the gall to lay a hand on her hip standing steady even as Hermione flinched out of his hold and stumbled back a step. Things haven't felt right between us for a while now. Her heart slammed against her ribcage. What are you talking about? Core, things have been great. We've been talking about moving in together and shaking her head, she clapped a hand over her chest, taking a deep breath. Cormac's smile turned pitying. We both knew this wasn't a long-term thing, Hermione. Hermione gaped at him. She had known no such thing. But what? She spluttered, tears stinging her eyes. I don't understand. He clapped a hand to her shoulder, strong fingers curling around her skin. I have to run. We'll see each other around, yeah? 
A harsh breath choked from her lips, but before she could respond, he was gone. For several long, painstaking minutes, Hermione stared at the spot on the tiled floor where Cormac had stood, lips parted and surprised. At last, she stumbled to the sofa, blinded by the confused, silent tears leaking from her eyes. She and Cormac had been seeing each other for the better part of five months, and she thought everything had been going well. Great, in fact. He was a far cry from the pompous brat that he had been at Hogwarts. He'd grown up and become an important fixture in Hermione's life. Swiping angrily at her eyes, she drew in several shuddering breaths as she buried herself beneath an afghan on the sofa. She didn't need him. Hermione Granger didn't need a man. And it was as simple as that. She had a prominent career as head cursebreaker at the Dublin branch of Gringotts. She had her close friends, and she had plenty of other hobbies to keep her busy. But still, Merlin knew even Hermione Granger was allowed to be blindsided. Sniffling, she rose to her feet, wrapped in a blanket cocoon, and dug out a pint of ice cream from the icebox. Then she collapsed back into the sofa and flipped on the television, staring blankly at the muted pictures that flashed past. Are we good so far? Okay. You're doing awesome. Okay. So now there's um, a line break, and we're going to switch locations. So we had our for like time jumps. What's a uh, location change? Zip, zip. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to be fucking kidding me. Pansy Parkinson folded her arms, stifling the urge to roll her eyes. Tell me you're fucking kidding. A panel of buyers stared her down, stony-faced. The lead buyer, Herbert House, cocked a brow and leaned back in his seat. Okay, so this is a voice that I've been working on, and it's probably not going to change. Miss Parkinson, this is almost identical to your collection last season. We can't purchase this. God, that's great! Okay, I'm going to try to keep it up. That's the only voice y'all are getting. She bit down hard on her tongue. The craftsman, the craftsmanship here blows away that rubbish you just purchased from Miss Parkinson. Pansy fell silent, drawing in a deep breath and thinning her lips. What do you suggest I change for next season? Howes and Co. was her biggest buyer, the most lucrative contract by far, and they weren't interested. And if they weren't interested, then she had spent the last several months working her arse off day and night for nothing. Howes' expression softened, and he rose to his feet. He paced towards the selection of perfectly accessorized mannequins behind her, dragging the fabric to the nearest dress between his fingers. The clothes are beautiful, Pansy. There isn't a doubt as to your efforts you've put in, he said, fixing her with a hard stare. But the designs are stiff, and the Parks line needs something fresh. Breathe some light into the breathe some life into the brand, and we'll be back next season. Go out and experience some new things. Fresh, she mouthed the word to herself, a frown pulling her lips downwards. Howes and his two partners rose and left the room, leaving Pansy in a stark silence. The nervous energy she'd been carrying for weeks sunk from her shoulders as she cast a glance back towards her arrangement of garments. Parks was the only thing she had anymore, the only means by which she had to prove her worth. Ten years ago, she had uprooted her life to chase a pipe dream in New York City, 
and she was so close to achieving it. She chewed on her bottom lip, eyes skirting over the impeccable lines of a fitted knit trouser. Bloody fucking fresh, she growls to herself. With a wave of her wand, her lovely constructed pieces secured themselves inside individual garment bags. Her eyes stung. The bright warehouse lighting high above flickered, and with another wave, the room fell dark. If Howes wanted fresh infused in her designs, she would give him fresh. Collecting her garments, Pansy apparated home. So my first thought is Pansy as a fashion designer is the only career I could think that is like perfect for her. Yeah. Like she's just an underdeveloped character in the stories and the movies, but like every time I read her as a fashion designer, I'm like, that makes sense. Well, all you ever get of Pansy is either clinging to Draco in like a couple books or yelling in the last book, there he is, capture him, take him to Voldemort. Yeah. So like, that's all you ever get a pansy and like everybody like makes her into this huge character when she's probably got like five, six lines in the entire series. Yeah. (laughs) I feel bad for her. She's the only character that's like described as like pug faced. (laughs) Yeah. And like the actress who played her was beautiful. Gorgeous. Yeah. Pansy always, like, gets described as, like, just clinging to Dranko's side. Mm -hmm. And I love when people develop her more and um, when, like, she's not clinging to Dranko's side. I love when people write her like that. Like, she's just Dranko's best friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like it. I like, I do like when they give her, like, like I said, as, like, a fashion designer who's kind of just, like, strong and independent in in a way. So... I read a dreary um, fic not too long ago where her, um, her and Draco like owned like a interior design studio. That's interesting. Yeah, it was really great. Another podcast read a dreary where he was a photographer. Uh-huh. He did like a photography studio, best friends with Pansy. It was a dreary. Um I can't think of the name of the fic. If I can find it, I'll link it into the Facebook. But that's another, like, she's just a, I love when they write her as, like, a hilarious character. Mm-hmm. I think I love Pansy. We, we're spending a lot of time on her. <laughs> uh, I love, I, I love when, like, she's Draco's best friend and she's, like, making little, like, inappropriate quirks at Draco's expense. She, like, and winking. Yeah. Yeah, they're, like, like a flirty kind of friend, but, like, they're just best friends. <laughs> or, like, yeah, you want to get into uh, Harry? Yeah. <laughs> All right, back to our fic. Um, we're having another location jump, so zip. Uh, one blasted week. Less than a week if she were to be pedantic. Pedantic about it? What does that mean? Short, frank? Yeah, pe- like frank, short. Okay. Um, like, uh <sighs> How do I describe pedantic? Like, like Frank, like, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. One blasted week, less than a week if she were to be pedantic about it. 
Hermione had just landed on her feet again following Cormac's less than ceremonious exit from her life when the prophet had blasted his new fling all over the cover. The girl on his arm was blonde and perky and barely out of Hogwarts. Hermione's lip curled at the thought. This was the reason Cormac hadn't seen her as long-term material. And all along, she had believed his words about being in a place where she wanted to, where he wanted to settle down. If anything, the article made it sound like the exact opposite. A Quidditch star sowing his wild oats. Hermione knew she was a good person, but it was difficult to remember that when the papers described her as washed up. Never mind the Order of Merlin, first class buried in her drawer somewhere. And she was only 29 for Merlin's sake. But if Cormac wanted to sleep around with 20-year-olds, she didn't care. She was tired of the sympathy in her co-worker's stares, the sub subtle references that she should perhaps take some time off. The last thing she needed was more time to brood at home, debating her own inadequacies well into the night. Not that she'd been doing that with any regularity. On a whim the night before, a few tumblers of fire whiskey in, she regis registered herself for a wizarding network home exchange. It was one of the many reasons she didn't drink fire whiskey. So rarely did she, so, bleh. she so rarely did anything impulsive otherwise, but for some reason she hadn't canceled the listing yet. Maybe there was some merit to the idea of taking some time off, but that didn't mean she needed to leave the country or offer her carefully kept cottage to some stranger. More than likely, no one would ever respond anyway. Even if she were to take some time away from work, she would be perfectly content at home. She could catch up on personal reading and deep clean the kitchen, and Hermione released a, a sigh, deflating at the thought, maybe she did need a vacation. Zip! Another location change. <laughs> we need to, like, insert, like, a sound. <laughs> like fanfare of some one. sort. <laughs> Pansy slouched at her desk, side-eyeing her sketchbook, fresh. She had no idea how to infuse fresh into her newest collection. After similar rejections in meetings with two other buyers, the situation had grown dire. Maybe Pansy had fallen back on the same ideas, relying on her ability to create a well-constructed garment. She blew out a breath, her fringe ruffling along her brows with a puff of air. She tapped the end of her quill on the desk. Life experiences. Pansy had been through plenty of those for Merlin's sake. She shouldn't need some codgy old man to tell her she needed to see the world. At only 18, she'd left behind her home, her family, and all of the expectations therein to pursue something for herself. She hadn't seen most of her friends since. Pansy grappled for a small device in her drawer, eyeing it for a moment. She had enrolled her studio loft in the Wizarding Network Home Exchange as a dare from a friend who suggested she ought to take a break from work. But her work was all she had, and Pansy had always insisted that she didn't need a break. The device never activated anyway. She tapped it awake with her wand, eyeing the projection that sprung up above it. Life experiences, she whispered to herself, flipping through the catalog of home exchange option options. There was a long buried part of her that longed for home, but she wasn't ready to face Britain again just yet. 
A small cottage buried in lush greenery caught her eye as she was about to see her set her wand down and forget the whole thing. She peered closer, enlarging the projection. This one hadn't been in the catalog the last time she drank too much wine and browsed the possibilities. A short apparition apparition trip into Dublin, she read, uh, wrinkling the bridge of her nose. She huffed a breath, sinking back into her seat again. She didn't actually want to leave New York. But as she eyed her sketchbook once more, House's words drifted through the back of her mind. Breathe some new life into the brand. Releasing a, a grieved sigh, Hansy tapped on the device and a small speech bubble popped up in the projection. Hansy spoke aloud. Is your cottage available for home exchange next week? She hesitated, scowling at nothing. I might be interested. Her words drifted into the speech bubble and vanished. Leaning forward in her seat, she waited until the bubble began to vanish entirely, the device falling dormant. At last, the response came through, the bubble popping up once more. It could be, where are you located? Hansi clicked her tongue, folding her arms as she said, as she said I have a studio loft in New York, in New York. Why is that like that? That was weird. Tapping the device again, she forwarded the listing to her own property. Several minutes later, the response jumped up. It looks wonderful. I believe I would be interested in an exchange. With a flicker of the anticipation, Hansi spoke into the device again. Brilliant. Shall we arrange the de details? Um, it's a lot harder to read. <laughs> you know my pain. I feel your pain. And my many, many... Uh, Oh, all of the voices you did. I don't know. Oh, friend of mine. I don't know how you do it. Okay. <clears throat> Zip. Location change. Maybe. Oh, <laughs> uh, whatever. Okay. It had taken no fewer than four port keys to hop across the world from Dublin to New York City. Even when Hermione arrived at Makusa International Travel Office, she still wondered whether she had made a mistake. Also, I love saying Makusa. <laughs> I have a huge Makusa banner at home. It's, I don't know. It's just cool. I don't even think like the England brand of it. They're just like the ministry. Yeah, they just the Ministry cool of Magic. M-A-M. Yeah. 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 Um, her team had assured her they wouldn't blow up the bank while she was gone, but it offered little cause for relief. Hermione didn't know what to do with herself anymore when she wasn't focused on work. Maybe she had become a bit of a workaholic over the years, but that was perfectly acceptable in modern society. As she registered her visit in America, Hermione found herself gazing around. Witches and wizards in posh suits and couture dresses bustled past, their accents heavy and abrasive. Despite herself, she smiled at the idea of exploring another culture, both muggle and magical. Um, also, I'm just picturing the, the witches and wizards in like formal ball gowns <laughs> bustling around Makusa. <laughs> <clears throat> they have to be well dressed, though, it's New York. <clears throat> when she left Makusa's New York headquarters, um, emerging into the streets of the city, she was caught by sensory overload. It was pure chaos. 
between the loud hum of chatter and horns blaring on every corner and the wafting fumes from the uh oh, help me a ubiqu ubiquitous ubiquitous taxis mingling in the air with the noxious sense of deep fried food Ugh. compared to dublin or even london new york was a wild metropolis in a class all its own hermione would have the next two weeks to spend exploring so she double checked the address of the home exchange and made for the nearest apparition point as she landed in the loft where she would be living hermione's jaw fell open the space was open and airy with hardwood floors and large windows overlooking a bustling district. It was clean and sparse with modern furnishings and decor, and it was large enough for Hermione to wander to wonder about the owner. They hadn't spoken about anything but the details of the situation, as they wouldn't actually meet one another. She enlarged her bags, allowing them to drift towards the bedroom before venturing further into the loft. In quintessential New York fashion, the space appeared to be a former warehouse turned into a living space, also doubling as a workshop. Eyes wide, Hermione peered around the workshop, bolts of fabric in wide range of colors, patterns, and materials rose along one wall, overlooking large workbenches for cutting and sewing. Around the room, mannequins wore classy, casual, and couture clothing. Beautiful. Hermione breathed to herself as she fingered the silky fabric of a coat on the nearest doll. Evidently, the loft's owner worked in fashion design. Hermione's cottage wasn't small or bland by any means, but it had nothing on the glossy sheen of this loft. She moved around the room, inspecting each garment before arriving at the far wall. A number of framed awards hung in crisp white frames, and at the center was a large, unmoving photograph of several people, each dressed in their black tie vest, at what looked to be some sort of extravagant event. Peering closer, Hermione eyed the beautiful gown on the woman in the middle, taking in the straight, shoulder-length black hair with a sharp fringe and her breath caught in her throat. The blood drained from her face, mouth falling open. She hadn't seen Pansy Parkinson since the Battle of Hogwarts, when the girl had suggested they hand Harry over to Voldemort. But the evidence lay plain before her. Pansy had moved to New York, and Hermione was in her home. Uh, location change, so zoop. Pansy scowled to herself. I think I'm having too much fun with that. <laughs> like, getting into the body motions. Pansy scowled to herself of all the bloody luck. She had been so relieved the arrangement had gone smoothly that she hadn't thought to inquire more about the cottage's owner. It didn't ruin the situation outright, but it did put a damper on things. Pansy didn't care for the idea of living in Hermione Granger's home. Merlin knew the woman probably didn't tolerate anything out of place. I would agree with that statement. I think Hermione would be so OCD. Yeah. She, I um, I remember in the book her them talking about how like she made color coded study charts for Harry and her uh, Harry and Ron, like making sure they had time for their Quidditch practices and the games and everything was just perfectly scheduled. Yeah, for for sure. She, she, I, I feel like she would also like her house. When I picture Hermione, is just like everything has a spot. Yeah. 
and it like don't touch it <laughs> unless you're Hermione. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine <laughs> what she went through when she had kids. Oh my god, couldn't imagine. <sighs> Teacup humans, God love them. But there is no keeping everything perfect. Mm -mm. <laughs> nope. I think you have plenty of evidence <laughs> of this. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, my whole house is Ella's house and I have a couch. <laughs> <laughs> I have a small corner in my, my house. <clears throat> okay. Pansy might have been tempted to leave a few surprises for old time's sake, but the magical contract required that they leave one another's homes exactly as they found them. Her, she hadn't seen Granger or either of her sidekicks in the decades since she had left London after the war, but the proof was bare before her in a collection of photographs, some muggle and some magical, along the mantle. Regardless, it didn't need to affect her stay. Provided everything went well, she would have no need to interact with Granger whatsoever. A cursory exploration of the cottage had told Pansy all she needed to know. The home was moderately sized and humble, but it wasn't inadequate, and thank Merlin, it was tidy. The decor wasn't to Pansy's taste at all, but it wasn't dreadful. Setting her bags to unpack into Granger's closet, Pansy browsed the cabinets for something to drink. Her own personal bank account was connected to her home exchange device, so anything she used would be automatically tracked and accounted for. She would go into Dublin the following day to look around and pick up some things she would need for the two-week stay. Grazing, um, gazing around the small sitting room as she took a deep swig from Granger's best bottle of vino and sneering at the floor-to-ceiling wall of books, Pansy sank down into the sofa. She blew out a long breath, bloody life experiences. Also, that setup sounds kind of cool, like just to have it connected to your own bank account, like tallies. It would be cool if it like just reordered the stuff that you used. Okay. So I have uh, researched these home exchange places, be things before, and it is a real thing where you can sign up to exchange homes for the week or two weeks you know it's kind of i mean it's kind of cool you just yeah it's expensive i'm sure like you uh you have to put up down a deposit and you mm -hmm. um like set down a weekend and everything mm -hmm. that and it just but it just sounds so cool it does sound cool. I mean, it also makes me think of, like, the Airbnbs and VRBOs, just without having to, like, exchange your home with somebody else's. Uh-huh. Like, just to go. I think it's a really cool idea, but yeah, I just don't know. If I would feel comfortable somebody staying in my house? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I read a steric not too long ago where, like, they, they did a house exchange, and uh, I think it was styles and laura that exchanged houses and he got to know derek while oh he was that's there. cool yeah so it was pretty cool very cool um okay so location change back to hermione so zoop hermione stood in pansy's kitchen acquainting herself with the appliances when a sharp rap sounded on the door Startled, she froze on the spot, eyes flitting towards the door. She wasn't certain on the protocol of dealing with her counterpart's visitors, 
and she drew her wand before edging towards the door. Another sharp knock, followed by a muffled male voice. When she listened closer, Hermione was surprised to realize the voice carried a British accent. After the thick American tones she'd heard all day, it was a welcome relief. The man knocked a third time. Pants! Quit bloody, bloody moping and open up. You know I'll disarm your wards. Tightening her grip, Hermione reached for the door handle and swung it open. Her next breath caught in her throat. <laughs> her hold on the wand faltered. She found herself staring into wide gray eyes, a messy shock of pale blonde hair peeking out from beneath the man's muggle baseball cap. And of any and all visitors Hermione might have anticipated, Draco Malfoy certainly wasn't one of them. Holy shit, he breathed. He wore a leather jacket with a t-shirt and ripped jeans, shoulders tight with tension as he dragged a hand along the coarse stubble on his jaw. You are not pansy. Um, also, <laughs> Draco sounds fucking hot. He's hot. He's hot. Oh, God, we love leather jackets. <laughs> oh my God, yes, leather jackets. I have never seen Tom Felton in a leather jacket. But I have seen him in a purple trench coat. <laughs> mm. That man can wear anything. Yeah. I have seen him in leather armor. That's okay. a nice picture of Drake of Tom Felton. Of Tom Felton. Um, I think he looks sexy a lot of the time. Sometimes though, with his hair where it's like long and kind of like unwashed looking, he looks a little homeless. Like his beach yeah. bummy kind of look. <laughs> When I met him, okay, when I met him, he had, like, long hair, and it was, like, sticking up in places and just pulled back in a messy ponytail. Yeah. And he was wearing, like, a, like, plaid button-up that was, like, half tucked in and, like, ripped jeans. He's just super casual. <laughs> he was just super casual, and he had, like, tennis shoes on. And I was like, oh, my God, marry me. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate that he is just like, fuck it. This is me. That's what I, I, we all I, want to do. I literally said, will you marry me? He's like, I'm sorry, but no. No. <laughs> I embarrassed myself in, in front of Tom Felton by proposing to him. Oh, I would have done the same. You're brave. So. All right. Back to the broadcast. Back to the broadcast. <laughs> Surprised beyond comprehension. Hermione shook her head with a thick swallow. I am not. She tried to recall the last time she had seen Malfoy out and about. It must have been several years at least. But Hermione had been in Dublin for nearly four years now, and she rarely made it back to London. Ignoring the oddity of the situation and the look of utter confusion on Malfoy's face, Hermione pressed on. Pansy and I arranged a home exchange on the Wizarding Network. Malfoy muttered, shaking his head. She could have bloody, bloody told me. Deciding to throw the woman a bone, Hermione offered. It was short notice. I've only just arrived. And neither of us realized who the other was. A flush crept into her cheeks at the way Malfoy still stared at her. He had never looked at her with a shred of curiosity before or, any, or really anything other than animosity. I certainly didn't know at any rate. Her flush darkened with sheer embarrassment for the situation. Sorry, this must be a difficult way to learn she's gone if the two of you are. Malfoy's low snore interrupted her. We aren't. 
he peered into the loft as if expecting Pansy to jump out and announce the whole thing had been some sort of lark. We work together, sort of? Oh, Hermione said, offering a a stilted nod. In the fashion industry? The bridge of his nose knitted. I'm a photographer. Right, she breathed, twisting her face into, into a semblance of a smile. That sounds nice. At any rate, Pansy will be staying at my home for the next two weeks, at which point you'll... Trailing off weekly, she nodded. Pansy, um, no, not Pansy. Malfoy leaned on the doorframe, his eyes darting between Hermione and the interior of the loft. I have to pick up some photos. I know where they are. We won't be but a few minutes. Oh, she huffed, stepping back from the entrance. She still held her wand, and when his gaze darted down, she hastily stowed it back into her pocket. If Malfoy had any thoughts of attacking her, he would have done so already. But but he only eyed her as he edged into the loft. Where's home then? Pans wouldn't go back to London with a knife at her throat. Dublin, Hermione said. I work in Dublin. Malfoy's head tilted in curiosity. I wouldn't have guessed that. Then his lips twitched, reminiscent of the old smirk she remembered from their school days. But the gesture didn't carry any malice. If anything, if anything, a hint of amusement shone in his eyes. Some brainy important job, no doubt. Hermione squared her shoulders. He didn't appear to be outwardly belittling her, but it was instinct. I'm the head cursebreaker at the Dublin branch of Gringotts. Malfoy blew out a breath, at last turning away from her and making his way towards Pansy's desk. Doesn't surprise me you've done well for yourself. His words struck a chord. The veiled, 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 veiled compliment catching her off guard even as he added, why are you in New York? He shuffled through several stacks of papers before withdrawing a large yellow envelope and peering inside. Hesitating, Hermione watched him as he as she toyed with the response. Everyone needs some time away now and again. And when Pansy messaged me about the home exchange, let's just say it came at a good time. Noted, Malfoy murmured flipping through a stack of photographs. In spite of herself, Hermione looked closer. Those are beautiful, she said. He had been polite enough. Surely she could reciprocate. Did you take those photographs? He gave a non-committal hum. Pansy's last collection. She does the hard work. I just get the angles right. Hermione thought the in- images were more artistic than that, judging by the creativity and composition and lighting, but she didn't think it was her place to say. If it were up to me, Malfoy went on, duplicating the file with his wand. I wouldn't be taking pictures of models and pretty dresses, but it's New York. Although she didn't quite understand his meaning, she could follow well enough. He returned the yellow, or um, he returned the original yellow envelope to Pansy's desk before making his way back towards the door. Reaching for the door, he froze, turning back towards her. Two weeks? Hermione nodded the affirmative. Malfoy clicked his tongue several times, dragging a hand along his jaw once more. This is going to sound insane, but Pansy and I were supposed to go to the Yankees game tomorrow night. That is, before she fled the country without letting me know. If you don't have anything else to do, you should come along. Hermione stared at him, brows raised. But when he glanced away with an uneasy chuckle, she thinned her lips with a swallow. 
You know what, Malfoy? I don't have anything else to do. A wry smile spread slowly and crooked across his face. Hermione couldn't quite understand why her pulse escalated at the sight of it. Perfect. He flipped. I'll come by around four. He edged back out of the loft, catching her stare once more on the way. Enjoy your first day in New York, Granger. She felt a little breathy as he disapparated and whispered to herself, thanks, I think. Um, all right, location change. Back to Pansy. Zoop. By the time she broke into the second bottle of Granger's wine, Pansy's sketchbook was half-filled with rough designs that she just knew Herbert Howes would have called stiff. Blasted fresh, she muttered to herself with a deep swig. Halfway through the first bottle, Pansy had fixed herself a plate of charcuterie from Granger's fridge and picked out a wedge of cheese that she scribbled down an image of a dress with an outlandish cut. Also, I freaking love cheese boards. <laughs> if I were to go on a home exchange, that's all I would request is in their fridge. Like, just make sure I have enough shit to make a charcuterie board. <laughs> I had no idea what a charcuterie was till this moment. Oh, yeah. It's a cheese board with meats and fruits and honey. It's, it's oh, just that sounds fancy. so delicious. I just freaking love cheese. Like, so much too much. I have those all the freaking time. Yeah. It's probably like the unhealthiest snack you can have for the most part if you eat in giant amounts, but so like the, uh there's like a little uh market here that sells like a little box with like cheese, meat, and grapes mm. that I buy all the time sure to go charcuterie yeah <laughs> or charcuterie i'm not sure sure it's a fancy word for cheese bird and it's delicious nice okay rolling her eyes pansy scowled at the page half tempted to rip it out and she might have if not for the fact that she'd learned to set her ideas aside instead of throwing them out one of her best garments had come from scraps of other designs Raking a hand through her hair, leaving it disheveled, she took another large sip of wine. So consumed was she in cursing under her breath, cursing Howes, cursing her sketches, cursing the entire bloody fashion industry, she nearly missed the knock at the door. Except for moments later, another knock sounded. This one even louder. Scrambling to her feet, Pansy fumbled for her wand. Her head spun a little, and she wished she hadn't made such a quick work of the wine. A gruff male voice called, Hermione, where are you? She isn't here, Pansy called back through the wooden door, hovering on the other side with her wand in one hand and the wine in the other. An awkward silence followed. After a delay, Pansy realized how it might have sounded. Rolling her eyes, she swung the door open, pointing her wand between the eyes of Potter. She choked, lowering her wand. Harry Potter's eyes widened, a vibrant emerald green behind round black frames beneath a messy fringe of dark hair. His face was the same, a face that still haunted her dreams, despite being unmistakably 10 years older. Parkinson? Par Potter asked, his brow knitting. What the fuck are you doing here? Pansy refrained from rolling her eyes again. Potter's sudden and unexpected appearance had thrown her completely off her guard, and she despised the feeling. She sucked in a tight breath. 
Obviously, Granger didn't tell you she was going on a home exchange. Recognition dawned on Potter's face as he grimaced, squeezing his eyes shut. She did, he muttered, tilting his head back. Only I forgot and thought it was next week. How long? Two weeks. Pansy clipped, eager to close the door and return to her miserable, drunken solitude. I can't say it was nice to see you, Potter, but if you'll excuse me... His shoulders impeded her ability to close the door, and when she glanced up at him, his eyes were narrowed. A frisson of unease swept through her, and almost subconsciously, Pansy clenched her wand a little tighter. She hadn't seen the man since she tried to throw him to the wolves a decade prior. Did Hermione know it was you she was switching homes with? He asked, brows low on his forehead. No, Pansy allowed, uh, managing to lift her chin. Neither of us knew. Small world. Potter gave a bit of a chuckle, and if Pansy wasn't mistaken, his gaze swept the length of her. You've only just arrived, and you're into Hermione's best alcohol, eh? If you call this the best, she gave a flippant shrug, taking a deep swig of wine. Mediocre, I'd say. That's that's definitely Pansy. (laughs) (laughs) Not the best. Hermione's best. A grin spread across Potter's face, and to Pansy's surprise, She found herself snickering. Anyway, I won't bother you further. I hope you enjoy your stay in Dublin. Potter's expression faltered as he backed a step away from the door. And Parkinson, it was good to see you again. Leaving her blinking stupidly in the doorway, Potter made his way down the steps. Pansy gaped at him, her skin prickling. She ought to simply let him go and call it a strange experience. Potter, she called a grimace crossing her face when she, he turned back to face her. Emboldened by the alcohol, she stepped out onto the step, folding one arm across her front in the chill of the night. He paused, cocking a brow. What is that supposed to mean? Pansy asked, infusing her tone with as much boredom as she can man- manage. Did you misunderstand? He asked, turning back towards her. I meant just what I said. You left England a long time ago. I didn't really know what happened to you. Despite herself, Pansy dragged her bottom lip between her teeth, chewing on the flesh. Why would you care? The words she didn't dare speak hung between them. At last, Potter climbed the two steps back onto the stoop, standing several inches taller than Pansy. His presence felt altogether too overbearing. But when he spoke, the words were soft. We were young, Parkinson. I don't hold anything against you from the war. Not anymore. For several long moments, Pansy stared at him, caught in his bright gaze, pale green in the yellow glow of the exterior lights. She forced a swallow, whispering a quiet, right. When he turned to leave again, Pansy cursed herself as she called his name again. He swiveled his head back towards her once more. Worrying her lips, she brandished the bottle. Want to raid Granger's alcohol stash with me? His eyes skated over her once more, leaving her feeling raw and vulnerable. She scowled at him, about to withdraw the invitation when Potter jumped the steps and took the bottle right out of her hand. He took a sip and flashed her a grin. That sounds excellent. And that is the end of the chapter. Oh, that was nice. It's um sweet. It's a good setup so far. It's a good setup so far. 
it, it um, I know in her summary, she says it loosely follows the holiday, but, um, you know, this is how the movie kind of kicks it off, right? They're like bumping into each other's friend, friends in a way. So, yeah, I think it's a good setup. We've got our Hansy. We've got a little Germione. Will they, won't they? <laughs> I, li- I like the way that Draco is described. Yeah. Leather jackets. We don't get much of a description of Harry, though. Just that I, he- I think Harry's just Harry. <laughs> just 10 years later. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I don't remember if we'll get another description of him, but I think for me, I don't know. Harry's just always just epilogue Harry, like old. Yeah. <laughs> like Daniel Radcliffe looks exactly the same with like one. I always old. think like, um, uh, like Harry probably like has a bit of scruff, you know, at that mm-hmm. point. Like he, he's that type of guy that like never like lets his beard grow out, but like rarely shaves. But rarely, but always has like a shadow of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. And he never learned to fix a freaking stigmatism. Yeah, no. No way. All the magic in the world and never fixes his stigmatism. Listen, then he wouldn't be known for his round glasses. <laughs> There's only one style in the wizarding world. <laughs> I mean, like, oh. Also, just just a thought. All these years later, and he's still wearing the same type of glasses. Like, dude. <laughs> well, um, my dad explained that one time. Um, okay. Um, how, like, in England, those round, thick black glasses mm-hmm. are like the cheapest brand you can buy, and a lot of times it's the only ones that are covered by insurance oh so the dursleys wouldn't have wanted to spend Mm -mm. a whole bunch of money on his glasses so they probably just got him the cheapest they could find yeah and with hermione like constantly fixing them he really didn't need to get other glasses no that's fair when you're when you guys put it that way yeah and then as an adult when he has money i'm sure he's very frugal yeah, whenever, like, he was an adult in, in the epilogue of the movie, he had, like, the wire-rimmed glasses. That were still round. <laughs> they were still round, but they were, like, the John Lennon glasses. Yeah. Which I absolutely love. Yeah. So, the, he, 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 you could tell he spent more money on his glasses than what he had as a child. When he had as before. So. All right, well, when you put it that way. Plus, like, it... My my favorite description of Harry Potter is he was he was the high school jock who became the cop and married his high school sweetheart. Yeah, a good description. So, I love Harry and um, Draco is he was the trust fund kid. Who took over his father's company? Mm. So, on but. Pottermore, is it Pottermore? Is that like the extra detail we've received about Draco? 
Yeah, he like became like he became like the CEO of like he took over his father's companies after he went to Azkaban. And uh, he married uh, who his mother fixed him up with. Uh, he married Daphne Greengrass, who was a year younger than them. Oh, I thought and they had one child. I thought he married Astoria. Greengrass. Did he marry Astoria? Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm Googling it. I'm going to Wiki. Yes. So he married Astoria, Daphne's sister, who was two years younger. And then they okay, had Scorpius. Then, yeah, and they had Scorpius, but then Astoria became too sick to have another child. <laughs> and then she died. Yeah. Which is kind of uh, part of like the Malfoy curse. Mm-hmm. So that's the problem with a lot of pure blood flam. flam blah, 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 blah pure blood families mm-hmm. they're infertile that's why Narcisca never had another son besides Draco with that said I'm pretty sure I'm a pure blood in the wizarding community <laughs> oh, joke because we can't have to <laughs> fit right in uh, all right well on that note um do you want to sign us out so this has been Johnny at her first listen through. Did you enjoy next, it? Though? Yeah, next week I, I get to be the, it will be the first time I get to summarize the story. It'll be fun. That'll be it's very exciting. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm glad I'm off the hook of summaries for a few more chapters. So, <laughs> so. all right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. Um, Join us on our Facebook group. Let us know if you're digging the Germione pansy so far. And we'll see you next Chaotic Thursday. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on our journey today. We'd like to thank In Dreams for allowing us to read their story away. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and archive of our own at Ships of Chaos. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next Chaotic Thursday.